You're listening to Outside by Design, a podcast about the business of creativity in the outdoor industry. This podcast is brought to you by Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. We help connect people with themselves, each other, and the natural world through communication and creative work that makes people feel feelings and take action. Basically, we're all about making marketing that matters. This is our podcast about leveling up yourself, your brand, and your community through powerful creative work. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Outside by Design. My name is Iris, and I am so excited for you to hear this week's episode. This one has been in the works for a while, and it is certainly worth the wait. Our guest is Jamie Kirby, formerly the creative director and then director of marketing for Chaco Footwear. She has recently transitioned to a new position as the VP of marketing for Fernhouse Studio. And honestly, I think I could listen to Jamie and Lisa talk about creativity all day. Jamie discusses her transition away from corporate America, being a female creative director, and some of her favorite work at Chaco. She also talks about the importance of side projects for a creative mind and being a boss of a creative team. This is a fascinating episode, so I won't make you wait any longer. Here's Jamie Kirby. Jamie, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. So the first question we ask everyone is to describe where they are in the world and what they're looking at. I'm in Glen Arbor, Michigan, and I'm looking out the window at the Crystal River and sun setting at 5.06 p.m. Just sad. Yeah. Wow. Well... You're a very interesting human, and I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Um, you led the creative team at Chaco, which is amazing. So we can talk about that. We can talk about your new venture um, and kind of your creative process for yourself, as well as this concept of liminal space and and tools that you have to um, explore that. So it's a lot of stuff to dig into, but... Um, Let's dig in. Yeah, I think I want to start with a super vague Huge question. What's your story? Um, well, I recently left a city that I had lived in for almost two decades. I recently left corporate America, which I had worked in for almost two decades, to follow my dreams, to move um, to northern Michigan, which is a little bit rural and a whole lot of beautiful, and um, join a startup in the hospitality realm. So leaving the outdoor industry and moving into hospitality. Mm. Okay, this is cool. So, well, I'm excited because I don't often get to speak with women who have had creative director roles. Um, It doesn't seem like there are that many And I know that there are organizations like the 3% movement, um, because only 3% of creative directors are women. And so I'm interested in kind of your approach on leading a team from a place of creativity and what that transition looked like for you um, and kind of like your approach there. Yeah. Well, Chaco is a brand that has over 60% of its consumers are women female. 
identifying buying female shoes. Um, and there had mostly been men in leadership positions at the brand prior to me joining the team. And my approach was to talk to our consumers and understand what they needed and wanted the brand to be um, and build strategies from there. And one of the most exciting things that um, we accomplished during my time leading um, both creative and the marketing teams for Chaco was taking the tagline that had been a part of the brand since its beginning, fit for adventure, and removing the word adventure and introducing fit for blank. Because after doing a bunch of research, we realized that the word adventure was something that was kind of limiting um, and made a few, made people shy away from the brand. So when we replaced that with fill in the blank, fit for snoozing on your couch during COVID or taking a walk, it invited a lot more folks into the brand. And I think also having a, a woman in the creative director role gave a different lens to the you know, visual creatives, the, the, not just the language, but the way that we were creating photography, um, in the way that that supported the change from adventure, which was previously, you know, pack rafting in Alaska or jumping off a cliff to things that were a little bit softer and more approachable. And that really set the stage for the next phase of growth um, for the Chaco brand. Hmm, I love that. Um, how did you, well, I, I had the advantage of doing a little homework on you before we started recording this. So I would love for you to kind of speak to your values-based approach, which I thought was really beautiful and kind of like bringing your whole self to the workplace and um, transitioning into the way that you wanted to um, kind of show up with everyone? Yeah. So when I took over leadership of the marketing team, the team had all been through a lot. We'd lost two bosses in the span of 11 months. We were in the heat of dealing with the pandemic. We had teammates on furlough. And I'd gone from being a peer on the marketing team to being um, a boss of the marketing team. And I really wanted the team to feel supported and give them, and also me, something to get really excited about um, and a way for us to kind of approach things feeling grounded and aligned and empowered. And one of my personal strengths is building a vision for folks to rally behind kind of cutting through the clutter and painting a picture of something bigger than the day-to-day -day grind to look forward to. So as I stepped into the leadership of the marketing team, I used this strength as a tool to facilitate um, the team working together to develop a set of 
team values that could kind of serve as our North Star or our guiding light as we set off on this new journey together. And I did that by asking everyone to think about their values and the way they wanted to work together moving forward and the ways that they wanted to to treat each other um, and called in a few experts, uh, Chelsea from Heist Design and Albert Foster um, and Lydia Wrightsgood to turn that brainstorm into a really beautiful and fun and funny manifesto and sort of a tangible asset uh, package that could help represent this empowerment and change to the team. So it what it ended up looking like was a booklet of our team values, um, a bandana, a sticker for the team to put on their water bottle or their laptop to kind of be reminded daily of this new, new way of working and thinking and this empowerment, um, a poster, and then a little tote bag to put everything in. And they, while we were working on the project, they didn't necessarily know, they just knew I was asking them to come to the table with values. They didn't know it was going to be turned into this package. Um, And then I delivered it at our first strategy meeting where we were talking about 2021 and how we were going to be digging in. And I had it delivered to their, we had to do it remotely because of COVID. So I had it delivered to their houses right before the meeting. So everyone would receive it at the same time and open it together. And it just kind of elevated our Zoom call and and set everybody out on the right foot with excitement about where we were headed next. Mm, what a beautiful example of intentionality. Thank you. Like, I just love that. So how did it go when you asked everyone to bring their values to the table? Were people weirded out at first or were they open? Um, Kind of, you know, for our other listeners who run departments, like how did did that go? Well, I think it was definitely a little more woo-woo and um, feelsy than what they'd been used to working at a, you know, publicly traded corporate company. But they were definitely down for it and it took a little bit of, of coaxing in some cases to get people like in the mindset of, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. It always was like, what do you, what's your ideal? What do you strive for? And of course we didn't get all the way to where we would hoped we would have um, with the promises we made in the book, but it at least set us off on the right path together. And I think everyone was pretty open once they got, you know, the wheels greased a little bit about what we were trying to accomplish. Mm, that's cool. I, I think that's such important work to, um, I don't know, like shift corporate culture and um, really embrace, I don't know, kind of a, what, what people bring to the table as individuals. So I think that's um, beautiful, super beautiful. And so I'm curious, I could talk to you about Chaco all day, because who doesn't love Chaco? But um, I'm really curious for you as a human person, what felt right for you to make this big transition um, from a product-based company into an experience-based company that's not necessarily in the outdoor industry, um, but rather supports experiences for outdoor lovers? Well... This opportunity came to me in a bit of a interesting time when 
I was just settling into my role and sort of just barely finding my groove <laughs> as a as a new leader, as the first female leader at Chaco. Um, and my instinct was absolutely not. I cannot consider this. Like I just am finally almost feeling good about things. But I really wanted to stay open to hearing it because it sounded really cool. So I used some tools in my toolbox to try to help myself feel comfortable here. And and the first thing that I was battling was if you know anything about the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. I'm an Enneagram six. So Mm -hmm. I love safety and security. And even though I've always had a few passion projects on the side, I've always clung to corporate security and benefits and stability. And so the idea to to change um, and to uproot my life in a place where I'd been in Grand Rapids for 17 years and I had a massive network of folks, um, a great group of friends, um, and a, a very good job um, was a tough uh, thing to consider. But I, I talked to folks who had done something similar and, um, you know, asked them what worked for them, what hurt, how did making a big change impact your life for good, for better, or for worse. Mm. And I used my my yoga skills and and meditated to help clear my mind and move past all of those ringers and dingers that my Enneagram sixness were setting off. Um, And I journaled, which is, has been a really amazing tool for me to be able to get to the core of um, the things that I, that I really want and, and move beyond my fears or, you know, the alarm bells. And the thing that really tipped me over the edge is some work I had done with a coach. Um, Right when I started leading the marketing team, I had hired a coach named Sari Day um, to be my executive coach. Right when I started um, leading the team, because I I needed a little bit of help with executive presence um, in being a female leader in a male-dominated world. Um, And the first thing that she had me do was write down my ideal, perfect vision for my future five years from now. And I wrote about living in Northern Michigan um, in a place that feels as much like vacation as it does home and about arranging my days around my energy flow and not around an eight to five corporate schedule. And I wrote about work-life balance and periods of really intense focus followed by extended seasonal breaks. And at the time when I wrote it, I was like, hmm, my, my life doesn't look like that, <laughs> but I'm going to be a good student and, and follow the assignment. And when I revisited that, I couldn't believe it. It was basically this, this opportunity in front of me was almost exactly what I wrote. It was like I manifested it. So I couldn't deny that, like how clear it was on paper when I revisited that, that this was the right thing for me to do. 
That's amazing. It feels fake. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, how long was it when you wrote that originally and then you continued with your corporate job? Like how long were you sort of sitting and holding this vision and like, you know, carrying it with you before it started? From to- when I wrote it to when I put in my notice was exactly one year almost to the day. Oof. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Wow. So write down what you want, folks. Get it out there. Yes. I, there is power in journaling. What um and and physically writing with a pen and Absolutely. Um, yeah, so what uh I guess how did you find journaling as a practice? I found journaling as a practice through um, the yoga studio I attended, AM Yoga in Grand Rapids. I had done some workshops with them. And then I was doing some work with a life coach um, called Jillian Jay. And she was very deliberate with journaling and was constantly assigning it to me even when I was not meeting the assignment. <laughs> Um, and when the way that she broke it down for me into something that was quite simple and very approachable, um, it was when it really stuck. So the journaling that I do is very simple in the morning, right when I wake up, I make myself journal before I'm allowed to look at my phone. It doesn't always work, but it's a good incentive. And I just write down three things that I'm grateful for, three accomplishments from the previous day, and one thing that I want. So it can be as quick as three to five minutes, or I can sit with a cup of tea and a candle and make it a whole vibe and really spend some time with it. Um, But I definitely can tell when I don't do it that I feel just a little more chaotic and a little bit more jumbled and like I'm not at my center. Mm-hmm. I am a voracious journaler. So I, I feel you on that and just being, I don't know, like processing it and not really paying attention. And then you go back and reread it and you're like, wow, like I've been repeating the same things or I've been yeah. really going after the same things. Or, you know, you start to notice things when you go back and reflect on it. What does your journaling practice look like? It's similar to yours. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. Um, I make a cup of coffee in the dark and then I turn on the smallest light possible and then I just start journaling. Um, But I just kind of go for about, it usually ends up being between 10 and 20 minutes and um, I don't really have an agenda or schedule around or or agenda or structure around it. But um, usually, yeah, it's just whatever needs dumped out of my brain. I love it. Yeah. And then I feel like a human. Like when I go about the rest of my day, I'm a little bit more of a human person. Yeah. Um, okay. So journaling, meditating, what else did you, did you say? Um, I guess my question is more like what for you was like, and you really did a great job placing yourself um, as liking safety and security. So like what for you was that final tipping point where you were like, okay, I'm doing it. I really think that just thinking about kind of pros and cons and writing that out similar to journaling, 
I couldn't find enough cons to keep my brain thinking that it wasn't safe. Mm. So I tricked myself. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, like the outdoor community is so wonderful in, in many, many ways. Um, very passionate people. Do you still relate very well to the outdoor um, industry working more in experiential marketing um, or an experiential place? Um, Like how's that going? Kind of what's that relationship shifting or changing or growing or expanding kind of what's happening for you? Yeah. Well, I'm only on day 11 of my new endeavor, so I can't say deeply. Uh But what I do see in this new place where I'm living is it's, it's very exciting because now that the world is able to be remote and people are, you know, working remote from wherever and kind of looking at, if you look ahead to predictions about climate change and, and where things are, you know, 20 years down the road. Michigan is a is a beautiful place that appears to remain quite protected. So right now it's it's a place where a lot northern Michigan is a place where a lot of folks are migrating towards and there's there's a ton of people working remote from very cool organizations that weren't here a year or more ago. And so what I see is that the outdoor industry here is more vibrant than ever. And I'm very excited to plug into that and and feel, you know, feel right at home with the folks around me. And maybe that they're even more outdoorsy than, than I was able to be as a person living in a city previously. And, you know, I've got the Lake Michigan is a seven minute walk away and I hadn't been there in a few days, three days. And I was like, I need to get to the beach, which before I would maybe get to the beach five times a year. So I think that I feel as connected to the outdoor industry and maybe more than, than when I was actually working in the outdoor industry proper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I dated a youper for many years, and uh, I I don't know if I've ever met a person as burly as him. Like <laughs> very rugged. So yeah, I mean, I think I think those uh, northern Michi- Michiganders are uh, under an underrated bunch. I agree. I have a side project actually called Michigan House, and it's kind of a cool regional clubhouse that we take to South by Southwest every year. Um, I co-founded it with a few partners and it sort of started as after going to South by Southwest for my first time and being incredibly inspired, but seeing the way Michigan was represented as some sand on the convention center floor and some beach balls and knowing (laughs) all the things that Michigan has to offer. um, I was flying back and I, well, I was supposed to stay for three days and I ended up staying for 12 And every day I'd call my boss and say, just one more day. I'm just going to extend one more day. I was so excited. And so I was just blabbing to a stranger on the plane next to me, which I never do. So I must have been very excited. And it turned out he worked for a nonprofit that supports 
um, creative entrepreneurs. And we got some conversations going back home and um, built this thing that's now been going on for seven years called Michigan House that turned from, at first it was a illegal backyard party on the outskirts of South by Southwest and now is part of, um, is a downtown venue, uh, an official South by Southwest venue that hosts panels and musicians, etc. cetera. Um, so I've always been very excited about Michigan um, and now excited to explore a new portion of it and get connected to folks in a different part of the state. This also speaks to a belief I hold very dearly that side projects are critical to a creative mindset. And um, I guess for you, it like, um, it, it, does that like fuel your creativity or like it's a, it's a lot of energy, it sounds like to put, um, you know, to go somewhere and do put on an event and like speak about things and have partners in it. And so like, what does that do for you? I do think that having side projects has always fueled my creativity. And one of the things that I have done throughout my side project life is use it as an opportunity to test out crazy ideas or ideas that corporate would never buy into without some evidence. So I've always taken smaller ideas about and this is dating, aging me, but like back in the day before influencers were a thing that brands actually invested in, um, testing out influencer press trip projects in a way that was super successful and brought it back to corporate and showed them the evidence so that we could start an influencer program or start a press trip program. Um, I also used it to get opportunities. I had no marketing experience um, or, and I've done also a corporate event job. I had no corporate event experience, but I started a wedding planning business to teach myself how to do events. And then I got asked to do event planning for the local TEDx chapter. And then that led me into Wolverine Worldwide where I got my foot in the door through um, corporate event planning. And then in my downtimes, I would do side projects for the CMO of Cat Footwear, doing photo shoot production, which I also taught myself how to do. And that led to me um, them asking me to plan a pop-up shop for them, which I had tested out through Michigan House. So it's always been a way for me to kind of weave things together and like get experience that somebody might have not otherwise wanted to give me yet and show that I could do it. Mm. It's interesting because I am definitely seeing like the safe and secure side um, where you're like, okay, this is a low risk, like way to test this. But then it also seems very flowy and like you're following your intuition and um, it just seems like you have a really like natural balance for that creative process and how to get buy-in and how to um, like, I guess, fail safely maybe um, and succeed safely too. So I don't know if that's accurate for you, but that's kind of what comes up for me when I hear you talk about that. I like the way you said that. I'm going to um, write that down because uh, I've never been able to articulate that like that, but I definitely agree. Um, I 
while I'm not a risk taker, I am an innovator. And so I have invented ways for myself to fail safely and succeed safely. That's absolutely right. Yeah, that's cool. I, uh, I'm an eight. So I am all about like autonomy and, you know, power and control of my own schedule is the main thing that gets to me and creative freedom. So, um, I fail creatively pretty much constantly. And then we, we succeed a lot, but, um, I'm just very grateful for a team that is, um, I don't know, like a little more structured than me. I love to be paired with an eight. I feel like an eight is a like wild stallion that gives me so much energy and inspiration and terrifies me like (laughs) all within moments of each other. And my closest colleague and the person who got me through life at Traco was an eight. Lindy Bell is an eight. Shout out to Lindy Bell for being an incredible partner to me. And I think neither one of us at the outset would have thought that a six or an eight would be our perfect companion. And we really gelled so well and made such magic together. So cool. What, like, what do you think in a leadership position, like, what do you think makes a good boss from a creative standpoint, like to a creative team? Because like, I think there is something really special about being a boss to a creative team. I think that for me, the ways that I was successful as a leader was through being incredibly empathetic and trying to really understand all sides of a situation before deciding how we should move forward. I think that that made people have a lot of confidence and trust in me. Um, And I also am the type of manager or boss that will jump right in and roll my sleeves up and help get it done and take on projects and really in most cases, because I've had so many different jobs, I have done everything. And so I have a, a pretty decent working understanding of how to get it done so I can help to troubleshoot as well. And so I hope my team would say that they felt incredibly supported in that way, that if they had too much on their plates, I could help to lighten their load. Or if they couldn't figure out the solution, I could jump in and offer assistance. I think that those are are really important um, for creatives to to feel supported. I feel like I'm saying, what do Enneagram sixes want? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, and I also think that being able to, and I talked about this earlier, but be able to kind of paint a vision of where we want to head that's, that's, high level and kind of sweeping but doesn't have all the parts and pieces figured out allows people to see the north star and see where we're going but feel like they can really make their mark on how we get there you make that sound so easy (laughs) (laughs) you say it like that yeah like um (laughs) wow wow i bet i bet your team really enjoyed you I think so. I mean, I hope so. I don't know. 
maybe yeah. they can comment in on the podcast and let us know if they if they liked me or not. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what have I not asked you that you'd like to share with our community of outdoor creatives? I am just so pleased at where this conversation went and all the different ways that we, uh, all the things we covered. Um, you're such a great interviewer. The only thing that um, was kind of on my tickler list that we haven't talked about was we, Chaco, did a um, experiential activation this past year called the Fit for Adventure Tour. And it was planned for 2020. And then it was put in park literally, literally the day that we were driving it from Portland to Austin for South by Southwest. And we worked with the Field Scout out of Portland to retrofit a vintage school bus and turn it into a sandal factory. So for 2020, um, the team quickly pivoted operations on the bus and at our actual factory in Rockford to making masks instead of making sandals and donating them to local healthcare workers. Um, but for 2021, we finally got, got her on the road. So the thing that I think is there's, is a super interesting activation, but one of the things that was, was really smart and, um, back to my wonderful eight colleague, Lindy, who managed the program, um, we were met with a lot of trepidation about bringing experiential back in this time where we're in a liminal moment, right? Where we're in the in-between. We don't know if COVID's going to surge or, you know, things are going to shut down any minute. And the approach we took to bringing it to market was having bite-sized milestones that leadership could speak into about uh, before we were spending our next chunk of money so that it wasn't like we were spending the whole budget up front and they had to commit to the whole thing. We were, we made an approach so that they could take tiny bites off of the project and feel safe about the next step before we got there. And despite COVID continuing on, we were able to bring the bus to market and, um, the reason I wanted to stress that part about the process is I think we're still living in that moment where, you know, looking at next year's plans and what's COVID going to be like, what's supply chain going to be like and thinking right now is the time for 2022 planning and budgets and, and just hope giving people hope uh, or maybe a new way to think about trying to bring those big ideas to life in a time where, everyone is is being very conservative after a couple of years of maybe planning programs and then having to shut them down. Um, but the way that we approached and modified the plans for this fit for adventure tour were it had it had meant to go to festivals. So it was going to be traveling around the country in 2020 going to different festivals. but because we thought festivals weren't going to be um, 
we just didn't know what was going to happen with festivals. In 2021, we planned market residencies instead. So the bus would travel to a market and park for two weeks. And we would open up our sandal factory. And it had two different um, components. You could bring your old worn out Z sandals to get them repaired for free on site. Or you could come and design, do a custom design experience and um, have all the parts and pieces in front of you and pick and choose and design a custom Z sandal or chillos and have it designed while you wait. And we were flying to our first residency thinking, what if the people don't show up? Like, what if this was a terrible idea? And by the time we arrived, every single appointment for the whole summer's worth of residencies was booked. And we got to meet so many folks and help so many folks who had had Z sandals for 10 or 15 years and capture their stories and create content that is better than any marketing you could ever come up with yourself, a real consumer testimonial talking about how they've been to 16 countries in their Z sandals is incredible content to have. So I think that that project was in the works for the whole four years I was with the Chaco brand and so proud of the field scout team and Lindy and the the field crew who staffed it and traveled around with it all summer um, and how the team had a vision for it back in the day when they started planning it and throughout the years to be able to continue moving it forward and bringing it to life. They pivoted several times of like, what will this thing end up looking like when it finally gets to market? How did you communicate that? Like what, um, like via email or did you do something more visual? Did you make a deck? Like, as you were communicating these like bite-sized steps to modify the plan, like literally how did you communicate that? There were a lot of decks involved yeah, and meetings to really talk it through. Um, but it was certainly an ever-changing beast. And I think that really the the way that the leadership team felt confidence was because the folks who were planning it were so detailed in their communication about it um, and so quick to have a plan for a pivot and to have our plan B, plan C, rain plan, you know, all the, all of the potential um things that could happen were so buttoned up that there was just really no way to, to say no to it. I find this fascinating because as a creative agency owner, I'm kind of on the outside of the brand. And so um, I'm usually like, what corporate hoops, like, let's just blow it all up. Um, and so, <laughs> and so it's super interesting to hear um, this creative process on the inside where there are a lot of different stakeholders and then there's like an ever-changing um, life situation and like so much adaptability required. And so I think that skill set of like very detailed but also um, 
human like communication through a corporation is like I don't I'm just fascinated it's so different than the way that we do creative work so I'm just really feeling um a great deal of like privilege to be on this side of the lens um (laughs) don't look behind the curtain yeah um I do think that you know not every buddy or every leadership team or you know corporate leadership you know because there's the brand within wolverine worldwide there's the brand and then there's corporate leadership and we had a lot of support for these ideas and the ever-changing kind of evolution of what of what this idea would become and i think a lot of it was our own the way we presented ourselves and the confidence in that this was the right thing for the brand and it definitely proved itself out to the point where we, we were allowed to extend it into the fall season, which for a sandal brand is generally a time when they don't want you spending any money. And when the new CEO of Wolverine saw it, he said, you know, he had heard about it. He'd seen the videos. But when he physically saw the bus in person, his immediate response was, how soon can we get this back on the road? Can this be on the road, you know, 24-7, 365? Like, it's such a fun and cool and impactful expression of the brand. And it's so cool when you get to do work that just is so right and fits Mm -hmm. so well and lands so well that people can look at it and say, yes, that's right. Let's keep doing that. Mm. I am excited for your next stage because now you get to be that person. I know. You know, like you don't have any rules and you can, you know, experiment and play and create and I guess just kind of also be methodical and, you know, like it's your world. So I'm I'm really excited to see um, where that goes. Thank you. I guess I didn't really talk about what I'm doing next. We've just been keeping it kind of vague. Yeah, let's talk about it. So my new title is VP of Marketing for a place called Fernhouse Studio. But if you try to look it up, well, maybe by the time this is published, it will exist. But there's no Instagram. I have to invent it. There's no website. I have to invent it. I just briefed it last week. So it's a brand new thing, which for someone like me who's worked for recognizable brands for my entire career in corporate America. It's like a huge culture shock and it's definitely a lot of shedding of identities and, you know, where I derive my personal value from. So a lot of, a lot of work, uh, mental work is going in there, but the Fernhouse studio is kind of built on this collective idea of elevating um, dining and lodging experiences in northern Michigan. So in the first year, we'll be launching three concepts. Um, One is going to be kind of an all-day cafe in a historic mill in Glen Arbor and a dining experience there and a couple of Airbnbs. And one is a um, 
lodging and fine dining restaurant in Leland, Michigan. And then one is something I can't say yet in Traverse City, Michigan. So very exciting to kind of have these blank palettes. And the company consists of myself, a um, principal designer, interior designer, uh, who is leading um, the brand, and then my partner, who is um, the food and beverage director and comes from the wine world. So we're, it's just three people who I admire so deeply, and we kind of have free reign to envision um, whatever we think is best for these places. Oh, I can't wait to see what you do. You have to come visit. Do a team retreat up here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I think there's something very, um, like, grounded in your process. And so I think as all that experience hits entrepreneurship, it's going to be freaking beautiful. Well, thank you for... Thank you for that. That means a lot. I have good days and bad days thinking about it and and living through it while it's, you know, brand new transitional moment. But I feel so, I know that I have built so many different things and have experienced so many different things that I feel like I'll figure it out. Oh man, that's so cool. Where can people follow you? Or what's the best way they can contact you? So currently, until I have my business things up and running, the um, I can be found on LinkedIn as Jamie Kirby or Instagram, which is where I'm most active at Heyday Lab. And I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes so they can spell it right. We certainly will. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I think you're fascinating. I could talk to you all day. and. Um, Yeah, I just can't wait to follow along with you. Thank you, Lisa. I am so honored. Thank you again, Jamie, for joining us on the show. We can't wait to see everything that you accomplish in this new venture, and we hope to stay in touch with you. To all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you have a moment to leave us an Apple podcast review, that would be much appreciated. Or if you want to help us grow the show, send your favorite episode to a friend who you think would enjoy Outside by Design. With that, have a great day and we'll see you next week.